Hey guys, it's Joshua with JR Entertainment here for your another podcast. I've got a local DJ or radio personality. I don't know what you guys are calling yourselves these days. But I've got Chris Sheets here from 103.9 Kissin' FM here in Edmonton. So hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Justin. It's great to be on your show. And uh, I guess we're technically not disc jockeys anymore because we don't spin discs anymore. It's all digital, of course. So I guess we're digital jockeys. But uh, more more personalities, that's kind of the goal anyway. Uh, for better or worse, I think that's probably the term that's that's used more often than not in the last probably five or ten years. Yeah, I, I get that, you know. So when you started, that was what, yeah, 20-ish years ago? Because you've been with Kissing for quite a while, no? You know what, believe it or not, Justin, it's been 31 years. Um, I've been there since, uh, since May 9th of 1989. Uh, I remember that day very well because uh, it was one of the best days of my life next to, of course, the... Uh, the uh, my wedding day and and the the birth of my children, but I would say it's right, it's, it's right up there because this uh, young fat farm boy from Thorsby, Alberta, uh, got a job at uh, his favorite radio station in the entire world, and and that doesn't happen very often. But at the age of eighteen years old, I got my job at uh, at Kissing Country, and it was you know there's 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 stuff that happened prior to that, of course, um, to get that job. I. I, I was just like a lot of other kids going to school with no idea of what I was going to do. Um, to my parents' credit, they both decided that uh, the farm was probably not the life that they, they saw for me and not the life that I saw for myself. I spent enough hours on the seat of a John Deere tractor uh, between the ages of about eight years old to 17 that uh, I got, a, got that out of my system and, and didn't really want to rely on the weather for a for a for a living like uh, the farmers do, it really is uh, you know, one of the most unheralded jobs in the world. And every time we eat, it's because of a farmer, of course. But um, I decided, with about uh, half a year to go in grade twelve, that I was going to go to broadcasting school. I have no idea really why, besides the fact that I just uh, I loved radio. Uh, growing up again on the farm, on the tractor, it was really my only lifeline, Justin. You know where. Nowadays, there's cell phones and things like that. When I was a kid, we didn't really have cell phones or, or any of the technology that, uh, that is on the farm now. So it really was just between us and the radio announcer on the air or the radio announcers on the air. And I love that connection. And something told me that I wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I get that. I was born in 81. So I grew up without all that technology, too. You know, I got my first cell phone in 2000 because of work, you know? So it's amazing how far technology has come from those days, you know, because you, we can now yeah. listen to oh. you guys, you know, wherever and whenever we want. Because I, I know that you guys... Yeah, yeah, it's audio on demand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got you guys, you know, we can listen to you on the iHeartRadio app and on the internet. So, yeah, it's it, it's pretty, pretty amazing. But going back to that, yeah, absolutely. You know, the farmers are very unheralded. They're always, um, they're, they're, they're kind of forgotten about in today's age. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they are. And they... Uh... The, the the reality is the small farms, uh, smaller farms, which I grew up on, although my dad was a pretty big farmer at the time, he was kind of the start of uh, the bigger farmers that did thousands of acres of, of crops. But the small farmer that has their average one quarter section of land and, and uh, could make a living off of that does not happen anymore. Um, the small time farmer is, is really is gone. It's dead. And it's the big giant farmers that... Uh, that do thousands and thousands upon thousands of acres with five or six combines. They've got probably five or ten million dollars worth of equipment on the on the field, and it, <laughs> it costs it costs them millions of dollars to put it in the the ground every year. And and of course they have to buy crop insurance and 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 yeah, there's an opportunity to make incredible revenue, but they have to to pay for all of the all of the the amount of money that goes out every year prior to them starting. So. 
Um, it's changed over the years. I, I, you know, there's many a day and I've talked about this on the radio where I would just love to get on that tractor and just, it just ride, um, like, like I did when I was a kid, but I'd probably get over it pretty quick. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on, on my side of the radio talking to everybody that's doing that. And I think that's kind of been, if, if, you know, success may be a stretch, but if I've had, you know, a bit of uh, certainty in my career, it's because, I was that person on the other side of that radio looking for that connection for, for the first 17 or 18 years of my life. I know, you know, I know what it was like and, and, and everybody does it's in radio. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm different in that form, but, but I, I really appreciated that connection. And so that's kind of what I've strived for the last uh, crazy 31 years that I've been doing it. Yeah. Like Sam and I, when we call you guys in the mornings, you know, yeah, you know, we lo- we love to laugh and joke with you guys because we get that we get that connection. We get that. Yes, they're they're not just there for a job. They're there to have fun, and yeah. all of that. So, at eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, you're like, you know what, farm life ain't for me. I'm gonna go to broadcasting school. Yeah, we're. Where did you go to broadcasting school? Did you go to Nate University of Alberta? State? You know what? No, I actually I, I went to a, a place called Columbia Academy of Radio and Television Arts, and um, it was a one year course, and I took it. It was downtown Edmonton on 124th Street and 104th Avenue, and uh, I went with ten other classmates and and took the course. and And radio is a tough thing. I have to say, the Nate course, which I ended up teaching for a year later on in my life um, is, is, a, is, is a really good course and they've got all the latest equipment for hands-on, but, but it's radio is one of those jobs where you can get the schooling, but it's nothing like that, you know, that, uh, hands-on experience that you, you, you can get from your first job, wherever that job might be. Um, taking the Columbia Academy, you know, was, a worked for me because I could put it on a resume, but I, I didn't have a whole lot to be honest, uh, uh, from the course, I, I you know I, I I was still just as green when I phoned uh, the seven radio stations in Edmonton, and I wasn't planning. <laughs> I wasn't planning at that time. There's 21 or something in the city now, but yeah. I, I wasn't planning on uh, on uh, on 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 working on a major market radio station. My first job because that's very untypical. Typically, you move to small town armpit Saskatchewan and you you pay your dues. <laughs> But I, I was kind of just hoping that I could get a little bit of, you know, experience prior to going. And yeah. like I said, it was this destiny that Kiss and Country called and, and I went in for a job interview and it was like walking into that place. I, I couldn't have been more excited. Those were, you know, all of my heroes. The celebrities I listened to on the radio were, 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 were there. I saw them when I got, I, I got my interview and I remember a, a person named Deb was the person who interviewed me. She says, well, why do you want to work here? And I said, yeah. Cause I love this radio station. And she kind of looked at me like, yeah, sure you do. You know? But, but I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Like I grew up to kiss and country. I remember the day it hit the airwaves on June 6, 1982. I, uh, I remember with our family at Pigeon Lake listening to this exciting FM radio station that was playing country music out of both speakers. It was just such a, just an amazing thing. And, and I had kiss and country stickers on my, my blue Ford pickup truck and I put kissing <laughs> stickers in, in the school, you know, where I shouldn't have put them. I mean, I, I said, I am a fanatic of this radio station. And at that point, a, a lot of 18 year old males weren't a fanatics of kissing our, our country music. It was a different time, right? It was yeah. An older genre, but uh, she hired me and I, I've spent the last one years proving that I've loved the radio station. You know, it, 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 uh, but I didn't start on air by any means. They didn't put me on no. the radio. And, and even when they did put me on the air, Justin, I wasn't ready. Uh, it, was, uh, it was brutal. I was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got those tapes. And if you ever want to uh, you know, really get me and make me put it in an awkward position, try to find a cassette player and play them to me because that wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I got on the air. I worked the, the overnight show after working in promotions, which means setting up on locations and setting up promotions and things that you've been to concerts and stuff like yeah. that. And then when I first got my, my first chances on the overnight show, we used to have a live overnight show, all requests. I played all request songs all night, every night. And we would take phone calls. I would take phone calls. So it taught me 
how to talk to people on the radio, edit calls, put that stuff together. And it, it, I've always said that the overnight show was my favorite show to work. Just the time of the day sucked, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but I, definitely. I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I loved the overnight show. And and back then there was no internet or anything else to keep people occupied. You mentioned that you do some work on overnights. People, you know, your phones can keep you occupied now and stuff like that. Back then, it was just the radio. Like, and yeah. so we had huge listening audiences, and they'd call all night long. And it was just a, it was a, it was. I was so lucky to be in that place on that overnight show, playing those requests, and and I laugh all the time with Matt and Jack that I work with and others. I said I can still remember the CD numbers for all of the songs that uh, would get requested. <laughs> Raddy Travis, Forever and Ever, Amen, CD 3086, cut six. I mean, I'll, I'll remember those numbers probably in the old folks' home if I'm lucky enough to get there when I don't remember the names of anybody else, right? I just, uh, yeah. because I played all those songs every night so many times. Yeah, you know, talking about, you know, the overnight show, doing requests, taking those phone calls. When I started doing security in 2000, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd be working on some BS construction site out in the middle of Sherwood Park, which yeah. turned out to be the uh, big rec center that they got now, Millennium Place, I think is yeah. the name of it now. Yes, it is. And I'd call Kiss and FM to yeah. talk with the overnight guy. And I don't even remember who at the time that was. That was in 2000. Mm, man. It could have been anybody. Yeah. It, it, it probably wasn't me anymore. I'd gotten off overnights by then. I, I worked 11 years working overnights and weekends, um, weekend shifts. So, so basically the first 11 years of my career. So that had been from 89, well, to close to 2000. But, uh, yeah. but I probably was just getting off of the overnights at that point. So that's the other thing that uh, nobody that starts in radio wants to hear now. But I worked 11 years uh weekend shifts uh before yeah. i got my big break at the age of 30 right so it, took a, it, it wasn't i'm not i'm not an overnight success i'm not an overnight success it's taken some time well <laughs> oh, i mean all great things come to those who wait right like you're, you're not just going to become the greatest person in the entire world overnight you're not going to get bruce bowie's spot overnight you know no and... you're not you're not in and no, and that's a great point. And and my boss at the time, I've always said this, and this is kind of a something that everybody should keep in mind. It's like, and it's the truth. You'll you'll never be successful at any job or anything in your life unless you've got people that believe in you. And uh, I always had people that believed in me, even when I was working those evening shifts and those overnight shifts. And and Bob Lang was a, a man who was a general manager, and and I remember getting impatient about six years into this and. And not, you know, not seeing an end in sight. And, and he said, Chris, look around you. Look at the people you have the honor to work with. And that was Bruce Bowie. He was yeah. up above everybody else. It taught me so much about, about a, how to treat people, how to work hard, how to never take anything for granted, how to be humble. And that opportunity to, to learn from people like that. He said, you know, it, this is like you're still in school. He said, you're, you're, you know, and I, I, I consider that for most people when they first start their careers. And as you get on, you're still in school, you're still working towards something and you're learning from the people around you that have already had that success. So now that's my goal now is to try to hopefully help others to, you know, and no, I'm no Bruce Bowie when it comes to that stuff, but you try your best to, 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 to inspire people and maybe teach them, teach them as, as the Mandalorian would say, Mandalorian would say, this is the way. Exactly, you know, and one thing that I emphasize too when I'm training new staff is no matter what, you never stop learning. Right. You know, no. I've I've been on the job that I'm doing, still doing security. I've been doing it straight on for 13 years. I took a break. And even 13 years later, I'm still learning new stuff. Sure. And, you know... I want to pass that on. So when I get the opportunity to train new staff, I jump on it because I want to be able to pass that experience on. Absolutely. It's so valuable. You know, and I, I, 31 years later, I'm still, I got, I got a new guy in my life. His name is Ronnie Stanton and he's a, 
He's just a next level radio programmer. And he's getting me to look at things that I never considered before. He's like, yeah, you've done this for 31 years this way, but, but have you ever and, and, and you can teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, the, the, the social media stuff, the, the, the new things that I ha- I'm being forced to learn every day, reels on Instagram stories, TikTok, um, Twitter, Twitter had a, uh, sorry about that. You still there? Nope. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter, just in, in, in a new kind of Twitter story thing called Fleek that just started today. So I'm like fleeking now. What the heck is freaking? <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, but I'm doing it because you know what? I need to stay, stay in that, in that, that loop because as much as it, as being on the air is important, that whole social media thing is just as important now. And so, if you don't, you're you're gonna get left behind so fast it won't even be funny. Well, that's exactly it too. You know, I I, I hate to say it this way, but. Really, it's the only way you can say it with in today's day and age of the technology area is if you're not on social media, you kind of become irrelevant and forgotten about. Yeah. Even even though you may have a radio a radio show, you know, five thirty to ten o'clock in the morning, or overnight, because I know that there are some stations, you know, in yeah. the middle of Flatland, Saskatchewan where you know they do still have overnight guys but you know if you don't have that social media presence you're not going to get the word out about your show your station where you're going to be any of that yeah you're right it definitely is huge um so for 11 years you were on the overnight i imagine that 11 years you've Met your not your now wife. Yeah. How did she take to it? How was how supportive well, of, was she of you being on the overnight? You know what? Um, she, my wife and I started dating when we were fifteen years old. So we were both from Thorsby. We're like basically junior high sweethearts, and so she's been with me every step of the way. Um, my Big first overnight show. What's that? Big heart from me. <laughs> the, my very first overnight show that I worked, she actually was with me. She, we, I, I had to work a, uh, we had to go to a family wedding, uh, a family friend wedding that night. And then I had to come and do my very first overnight show. And so we didn't have time to drop her off after the wedding. So she just came and she just slept in a sleeping bag um, just in the studio with me when I did my very first overnight show. So um, she, she quickly realized that that wasn't going to be much fun. Uh, moving forward but uh but yeah just incredibly supportive the entire way through uh, it's not easy it, it it has never been easy you know being chris's wife um and and she's heard that way too much in in the almost 30 years we've been married and almost well almost 40 years we've been together it's crazy um and uh you know so she's just been extremely supportive the whole way through and and i i it would be impossible to have the success i've had without her yeah, and, and I'm like not saying say, that because she's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's definitely you know you're talking about the support. You know, it, it definitely helps on those days where you, you you know where you are ready to say you know what I'm done. I can't yeah. do this anymore. There's no end. I'm gonna be yeah. stuck on nights forever. Yeah, and then you get home and she holds you and you're like okay, you know what, if I can make a life yeah. moving forward with her, then yeah, it's going to be totally worth it, you know. It's... Yeah, yeah, and our, our kids came around fairly quickly after, and we just, they're always just part of what what dad was doing. They were just always part of, uh, uh, you know, again, I've always said our kids went to every big valley from the time they were born, for example, right? Um, yeah. You know, my son sang on the stage when he was four years old, uh, you know, my daughter just loved it as well. They just, they, they loved, they grew up loving, they did, well, they would have been country music fans no matter where their dad worked, but you know, yeah. it's such a great, it's such a great lifestyle to have, you know, whether not just big Valley, but concerts and other events. So it was never, 
you know, maybe if you had got, you know, you, you asked my wife in a lie detector, she'd tell you more that it was more work than, than, than I would, but it was never kind of work for us. It was just all our family and friends were going to these events. I just happened to be going to them to be the host. Right. Very, very lucky about that. So for the, for those that don't know, um, Chris was mentioning big Valley, big Valley Jamboree is a huge long weekend country music concert. Um, is it still being held in cameras? Yes, it is. Yeah. This year they didn't have it because of the pandemic. Of course. Pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Um, now I, I'm originally from just outside of Winnipeg. I moved here in, I say 89, but my dad says 88. Okay. So one of the two, <laughs> um, I went, I ended up going to big Valley when it was being held in Craven, Saskatchewan. Okay. So like early nineties. Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. They still have one there. Yeah. Oh, do they still have one in Craven? Yeah. yeah. There's two separate ones, but yeah, they, yeah, they have like the, the, they, they have one in Craven as well. I've never been to the Craven one. I understand it's, it's different, but uh, still lots of fun. Yeah. I haven't been to an Alberta one, but the Craven one was definitely a lot of fun. Um, that weekend we saw uh, Alabama. Wow. Great show. Um, they were the headliner Saturday night. I like midnight because I was like tired or might have even been later than that. But um, Aaron Tippin. Okay. Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, some great acts. And the hosts of it that weekend was Williams and Reed. Yes, yes. Two of the funniest people out there. Yes, yes. They've come to Big Valley, the Big Valley Jamboree and Camrose quite a few times and, and been the host there too. <laughs> they, yeah. They're, they're very entertaining. They are. Um, I, I was actually talking with Sam about this before we jumped on here. I need to ask one question. When you get home from work, what is yeah. the rule on music? <laughs> in what regard what do we listen to do you not allow music in your house because as... <laughs> uh, i see what you're saying um yeah you know we still do listen uh but i i get i get a lot of music at at, at work karen listens to quite a bit of the morning show so she she gets quite a, a bit of music at work i'm uh i'm listening to podcasts i love sports talk radio too that's like my my second love. I mean, I love, I love listening to the to 630 Chad and, 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 and the sports stations about, uh, you know, what's going on with our hockey team and our football team. And, uh, so I listen to a lot of that. Uh, but I have been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, I love, uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast, uh, Dak Shepard's podcast, listen a little bit of Joe Rogan. I'm not as big a fan of that anymore, but, uh, but yeah, listening to, listening to those, um, is, is kind of what I do. Yeah. Dax Shepard's pretty funny. I think the first time I saw him in a movie was uh, Chips. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he just, he, he, I was like, he's actually really funny. Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, granted, it's scripted and all that, but. <laughs> but he's, he's really good on his podcast. It's a, I'd recommend it for sure. Definitely. Um so you mentioned the football team. Yeah. You have you have a gig with them. I do. Yeah. When do. when the season is actually playing because unfortunately we didn't have a season this year because of the pandemic. Yeah. But you you're an on-field host or Yeah. Cuz I went to a Bombers Eskimos game. Sorry, Edmonton Football Club now. Yeah. Um, back last year in 2019, and I heard, I saw you down there. Um, how did that come about? How did you become well, it's, it's involved? It's a funny story. With... It's, I'm glad you asked. It's a funny story because um, 
grew up loving the team, just going to football games and, 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 and all that stuff. And then in, in 2005, I got a phone call. I think it was maybe 2004. I got a phone call and it was from Hugh Campbell, who is the general manager of the team. Oh, and wow. Truly one of the biggest legends on the planet. And it's not like he's hiring on-field hosts. I mean, he was the general manager at the time, but yeah. he basically said, he, those, those football people work insane hours. They work insane amounts of hours and they work overnights and, and he listened to my overnight show and there was some kind of a connection that was made between myself and that overnight show and Hugh Campbell as crazy as it sounds. You never think who's listening to you at that time, but the legendary Hugh Campbell and, and, and he thought, he says, I'm going to get you a job here someday. I'm going to get you a job here someday. And I kind of thought, okay, <laughs> yeah, you playing starting quarterback and, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm fat enough to be an offensive lineman, but I'm not big enough. And, uh, so long story short, he got, he helped get me a gig filling in as the on-field host in 04 and in 05, the job opened up and I've been doing it ever since. So, you know, less this year, I guess it's been like 14 years that I've done that job and, uh, it's hard. It's a hard job. I run around, I, I tracked myself one game. I put on like six or seven kilometers <laughs> running oh. around from side to side and up into the stands and around. <laughs> And there's so much going on. There's so much talking and so much con uh, content um, execution. But it's like my favorite job by far. It's my favorite job. No disrespect to anything I do on the on the Kissing Country Morning Show because I love it. But yeah. I absolutely love doing the football games. Like just, and I've had a chance to do probably five or six Oiler games as well. And I like that as well. It. Uh, it's different um, doing the Oilers games. I did a bunch of Oil Kings games um, during a couple of playoff runs for them. Um, so just being a huge sports fan, I, I, I just love being involved in that stuff, and it's pretty cool. So I don't know how much longer, you know, I'm hoping that I get another chance this coming year. I've done, uh, I think, two Grey Cups now I've hosted, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, those are like the coolest highlights for me. And uh, just done all sorts of crazy things, like acknowledged – you know, for example, Joey Moss, who we just lost, um, being a part of his 50th birthday celebration about six years ago, um, a bunch of the great uh, Edmonton football player, players, retirements, and, and just amazing things like that. So for a farm boy from Thorsby that grew up cheering for that team to get an opportunity to do it, I've just been so lucky. Definitely. And for the listeners out there, Joey Moss was an Oilers, Edmonton Oilers locker room attendant he was yeah. one of the greatest guys out there um yeah. huge loss to the oilers and to the sports world yeah you for know? sure yeah yeah and he a lot more people they, they knew him from the oilers because wayne gretzky's the one that that uh, brought him got, him got him the job because wayne was dating uh joey's sister by the way joey had like 13 brothers and sisters or something like that so there's wow. a fact for you yeah and he was the youngest i believe but um, uh, but he also worked for the football club for just a, just as many years. So he'd work all winter for the hockey team and all spring, and then he'd start and he'd do the football stuff. So I got a chance to get to know him a little bit more from the football thing. And I can tell yeah. you that when you saw Joey, who uh, who had Down syndrome, when you saw Joey on that field, there was nobody that was uh, taking it more seriously than him. And when he sang, Oh Canada, I'm so proud. And he just, oh. he, he really was one of the greatest, uh, uh, greatest parts of the city of champions, which I always call Edmonton. And you know what? Uh, Edmonton will always be the city of champions, no matter what anybody says. Sure. Yeah. You know, the Oilers might not have a championship since 1990. Yeah. But the, Champions model goes so far beyond the sports teams. Yeah, it you does. Know, it, it it goes it's... back to the '87 Black Friday tornado. Um, yeah, it's a hands-on city. It's 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 a it's a volunteer. I mean, I know that everybody says, "Well, our city too," but you've never seen a city like Edmonton. I mean, just this past October, you talk about some of the things that we've done with the help of our listeners, the Hope Mission Radiothon, $408,000 raised for Edmonton's homeless, 408000 during a pandemic. 
Yeah. I, they do these kind of events in other cities, and I'm not bad-mouthing other cities, but other cities they'd raise twenty or $30,000, not 400000 yeah. So yeah. it's pretty amazing um, the amount of money that's raised and, and the amount of, of volunteer work that's done in our community. So that's where the City of Champions comes from, and you're right, Justin, it'll always be there. Yeah, you know, sure, they took the sign down from city limits, but... Yeah. And our hearts will always be the city of champions. And you got it. You know, Joey Moss, going back to him for a quick minute, you want somebody, you want to talk about somebody that never appeared on the outside to be having a bad day. Joey yeah. Moss. Yeah. You know, every, every time I saw him, and I mentioned this, um, couple weeks ago I called in we were talking about Joey in 2007 I worked at the arena I worked at Rexall and I did security there and when I saw Joey he always always had a smile on his face you know he never he, he never was you never saw him physically upset he might have been upset on the inside but he didn't yeah. Once he hit that arena, it was game day. Yeah. It was game time. It was go time. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. For somebody that had Down syndrome, the work ethic that that man had was unrivaled by anybody. So true. You know, he, he, was, he was a great, great human being. And he knew that if you were having a bad day, he'd crack a joke and... Boom! You know your yeah. your bad mood's done because it's Joey, and he doesn't like anybody being upset around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so let's flip back to the radio and some local artists. Yeah, for a quick second, you know, talking about you know how you grew up in the business. In a way, you know, being 18 years old, going to yeah. school, doing that. Now you're in your 40s. Yeah, very close to my 50s, Justin. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with early 40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, people like Adam Gregory. Yes. One of One of, if not the biggest musicians to come out of Edmonton. Yep. You know, to watch him literally grow up in the business from Horseshoes released in 2000, or was it 99? Right around um, that point. To where he is today, you know, it's got to be huge for you. You know, yeah, seeing... Yeah, Adam's, Adam's a close friend, and, and you're right, watching him, a little guy in a straw cowboy hat singing, and then, like you say, Horseshoes, I can, as soon as you talk about it, I can picture the video that was shot at Galaxy West, West Edmonton Mall. Mall, yeah, and uh, uh, for his 16th birthday, we had a birthday party for him. We bought him a scooter. Couldn't buy him a car. Couldn't afford it. Uh, <laughs> at a birthday party at Kingsway Garden Mall for him, and shortly after that, my daughter was having her seventh birthday party, and and I was on the air one day, saying, "What do you do for a seven-year-old's birthday party?" And Adam calls me. He says, "Chris." I'll come sing if you want. <laughs> so, so he came and sang at my daughter's seventh birthday party, and it was uh, pretty amazing. The little girls thought it was okay, but I tell you, their moms were way more impressed. Um, <laughs> way more impressed. So we had ice cream cake and root beer, and and uh, just had an incredible day with Adam. And you know, our relationship continued on after that. I used to every year um, go and do the morning show on Christmas Eve from his mom and dad's house in West yep. Edmonton. And we'd make a baby cake for baby Jesus and, and a birthday cake, that is. And, and uh, he'd sing, and, and we just had an incredible, incredible morning there. And, and uh, so I would do that every year. When he went down to Nashville to do a big showcase, we went down and supported him that way and broadcast from it. Drove all the way down to Nashville to do that. I've even forgotten about that trip. There's been so many in my life. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adam, Adam, for one, has been amazing. And and there's other artists, you know, that uh, that uh, I've had a chance to play their very first song on the radio. Tennille Towns is one. 
Um, she's now becoming a huge star down in the States. She's from Grand Prairie originally. And when she was about 14 years old, she wrote a song called Come Home Soon, I believe. And it was a song about a soldier who dies overseas and his daughter sings the song and, and played that on the radio for the very first time. So she, that was her first shot. Dean Brody, same thing. Yeah. First song played on Kissin', uh, first interview with him at that time. And then so many of these other artists, you know, you, you just, you grew up with them. Jason McCoy, yeah. I remember Cook County Saloon, I'd worked there for for many years and Jason was one of the house bands and he came and he'd asked me what, what I thought he needed to do to get played in country music. And I gave him some advice and, and, and uh, it all came together for him too. And high Valley and the list goes on and on. So it's, 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 it's really neat to be connected with all those people. And it's really great to still connect with them and they still appreciate all of that. But I was just doing my job and they were fantastic. So it was pretty easy. Right. But, uh, but it's pretty neat. De- definitely and what adam is one of the most down-to-earth humble oh, yeah. you know people i've i've ever met yeah you know i met oh, adam amazing. he is he truly is an amazing and caring human being yeah um i met adam twice first time was samantha king's 18th birthday okay yeah, it was 2003, 2004. She's somebody else that was really good, too. Oh, that... Samantha can sing. Like She was uh, the Oiler um, anthem singer for a year or so, and yeah, yeah. She, she can peel the paint off a wall in a good way. Like, yeah, um, yeah she's incredible. Samantha uh, Samantha's fantastic. Very much so. Um, and then... Adam had a CD release party last year mm-hmm. at Station on Jasper. Right. And I took some, I took Sam, my girlfriend Sam, to it as our first official date. Oh, nice. And Yeah. And we sat there, you know, we met Adam uh, after the show, sat there, talked with him. And she was just in awe of yeah. how humble and down to earth he was and you know got his pic got our picture taken with him and actually ran into my cousin there because one of his friends was playing steel guitar for adam that night oh cool yeah so it was kind of a double whammy triple whammy for me that night you know um, um we used to get together and when we used to get together justin yes the good old days <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it it feels like it's like so long ago with yeah. all this pandemic, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It, we're, this too will pass. Yes. Just like everything else. Let's, you know, at the beginning you mentioned that your first day at the radio station was one of your best days professionally speaking what what would you say is one of your career highlights with the radio oh man um you know there's there's just been there's been a a number of things that have happened just thanks to the the outpouring of the listeners um it's so hard to it's so hard to pick i'm always kind of thinking about the last thing i mean honestly that that four hundred and eight thousand dollars for the Hope Mission is just—that's a staggering amount of money. That's so many meals. That's Huge. so much. So much for that 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 cause. I mean, you know, this just this summer I rode in a Zamboni from Calgary to Edmonton to raise money for the food bank, and that was that was amazing in its own way. Um, there, there's been a lot of huge events that I've been able to be a part of. The Stollery Children's Hospital Radiothon every year, talking to those brave families. Uh, about what's going on in their world is just incredible, and the you know the over twenty million dollars that's been raised thanks to the listeners in Edmonton and the City of Champions. There's just uh, there's there's so many so many different events. Um, it's nice to win awards and, and and things like that, but honestly, every day to 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 have a fun radio show and and in in some cases make a difference and raise money, those are still my favorite days. You know, they really are. 
Yeah, definitely. And the Stollery Children's Hospital is a huge, huge part of Edmonton because it is where children that are sick can go and get amazing, amazing medical help. They can get, yes. you know, one of my friends was just there a couple of years ago with her young daughter who was diagnosed with a form of children's cancer. I forget oh. the name of it, but um, she managed to survive. She is going strong. And if it wasn't for the stollery, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. Who knows where we would be? And, you know, and this is going to be a little confusing. An ex stepbrother of mine um, <laughs> <laughs> was spent a lot of his childhood there too because he had a heart condition. And, you know, the doctors and the nurses at the Stollery are just unbelievable. Yes, they are. You know, they're yes, very they caring. They're very caring about the children. And yeah, that's so true. It, it it's such an amazing um what's what, environment for the kids, you know, because they do have a lot of things go on there behind the scenes that a lot of people oh, might not see, you know. They do and they they're just getting ready. We're going to talk about it this coming year when we do a revamped different version because we won't be able to be at the hospital this year, but um, a giant uh, expansion to the beach, which is a, an, a, an area where they can go and just, you know, be kids and play and things like that. And they're doing a giant expansion to that and nice. even having an out, outdoor component to it. So that's what we'll be raising money for this, uh, this January, the end of January when we're doing the event again. So there's always something it's, it's there's always the next thing to look forward to. Definitely. Um, I'm sitting here trying to think of more questions and things we can <laughs> talk about, you know. Uh, you could ask me what's the worst part about my job, and I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> we, we've, part, gone through the, yeah. we've gone through the highlights and the mediums. Let's go with the lows. <laughs> yeah, just... Well, the worst part is my early bedtime, which is something I'm, you know, I'm up against the clock looking at that too, uh, because just getting up, I, I, I just, that's the worst part of the job, the overnight show. I used to love the overnight show because I'm more of a night owl. Mornings yeah. are tough for a guy like me um, uh, because uh, I don't really fall asleep that easily. So I got to force myself to bed, keep myself extra tired. Uh, you age like crazy uh, when you don't sleep. I think you know all about that, don't you? You yes. don't get enough if you don't get enough rest, it's not healthy for you either. So um Definitely. so yeah, that's that's but that's really the only downside. If you know, if and when my career is over, that would be the only thing I would be looking forward to is not not dreading that early, early, early alarm clock every day, right? So <laughs> but we get off early, we're very lucky that way. But it's just it's funny that I've never been a morning person and yet I'm doing morning radio now. It's ironic. <laughs> with with two great co-hosts, by the way, oh, um, yeah, Matt yeah, no, and Jack. I do want to talk about both of them. They just um, they're both extremely hardworking. You know, I I've always kind of wanted to win and be very competitive, and they both um, both bring that to the table each and every day. And uh, they're funny and they're talented, and uh, we just uh, I, you know it's nothing happens over time. Nothing happens quickly, but now we're as a group, we're like seven years in. And so there's just a really cool chemistry that's happening between the three of us. Now we just, we know how to finish as they say each other's. And then Matt would say sandwiches and I yeah. say sentences, Matt, but, uh, <clears throat> but that's, that's the truth. We're very, very lucky that way. Very much. So, you know, Sam, Sam picks me up at seven o'clock in the morning from work and, Going through the Tim Hortons drive-through, yeah. You know we've got you guys on, and actually a lot of the time when we end up calling, uh, we're in the drive-through. So I want to say <laughs> thanks for not, thanks for not answering my phone calls right away. <laughs> but oh, that's funny. you know, Matt, Matt is a character and a half. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, he really is. Yeah. He's, you know, he's never lost for words. He goes, his mind goes places my mind never could. And I mean, that's why you, you need, you know, you need, uh, they call him not agitators, the wrong word, but he's a reactor, right? He reacts yeah. to what's happening. Right. So you need somebody to set him up or quarterback things. And then you need a reactor, right. In that case. And, Definitely. and, uh, Jack is just becoming more and more comfortable as the years go on to, just say what's on her mind too and not worry about it. So, so it's lots of fun. It really yeah. is. We're, I'm blessed to be working with them. And uh, just 31 years later, I'm still, I'm having more fun now than, than I've ever had, you know, minus the wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people that got to get up early. There are. And there's a lot of people the, that getting up in the middle of the night's no fun. <laughs> no, it's not, <laughs> not in the winter anyway. <laughs> no, definitely not. Before we go, because we're hitting, you know, yeah. about 44, 45 minutes on this, and we, we do got to let you go so you can go to bed. Monday to Friday, you guys start on the air at 5.30? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys run till what time? We get off the air at 9, then we meet as a group, um, not as a group, because we're all in separate rooms now matt and jack are in one room i'm in another but we continue to meet and de deal with that kind of stuff and then quite often there's uh there's meetings and stuff that we have to deal with uh, we're, we're getting a, we're getting out of the building a lot quicker than we did before because there's nobody in the building everybody's yeah. working from home so we're taking calls and zoom meetings and and things you know all day all day long i was looking at my my list for tomorrow i've got three or four meetings that i'm kind of dealing with um, some are stallery related because we're getting set for the stallery in a couple yeah. of months, so we got to prepare for that. But uh, you know, it, it's it's usually, yeah, it all adds up. You know, by the end of the by the end of the day, you've kind of put in a day for sure. So that's the way it kind of works. Some days it's a day and a half. Well, you know, the one thing that hasn't been happening is hosting events, right? Where yeah. I used to once a week, I was hosting something somewhere. A minimum once a week so we haven't been doing that for the last eight months no uh, Edmonton football club stuff no concerts no other events you know I haven't really hosted I've you know I've hosted one event uh, for a charity and I went and did it at production world and we just it was kind of like a online event that we're supposed to do for the family literature program and uh, that's but but literally I actually had a dream the other night of hosting an event and waiting for my turn to go up and, 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 and stand on a stage with a microphone because the last time I've done that was on, uh, on March 12th. It was a Brett Kissel fundraiser at the station on Jasper for the tornado victims in Nashville. Now, that seems like a long time ago, but it was also the same night that the Oilers played their last hockey game uh, before the yeah. shutdown and, and, and the world kind of stopped. So. I'm I miss I'm I, I'm ready to go back and get back on that stage because I'm having dreams about it now. So there you go. Yeah, it, it, it's your mind saying, "Okay, we need it, we need to we need to do something." We need I'm going crazy, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, um, we were talking before we started recording that. You're out in the country. You, you yeah. just got to, you don't have any animals or any. Uh, just a dog. Other than. Just a dog. Other than the dog. Just a dog. No, no animals here. No horses. No, uh, no goats. No, nothing like that. We live on a three acre property. Um, and yeah, I spend, I spend the summers mowing and I spend the winter shoveling and uh, <laughs> just uh, wouldn't want it any other way. And it, and if anybody knows Canadian weather, there's a lot of snow to shovel. <laughs> yes, there is. Well, yes, there is. I think I'm gonna let you go, um, so you can go to bed, so you can be ready for tomorrow's show. <laughs> but one oh. final question for you. Yep. For anybody that wants to get into the into radio that might be listening, what yep. do you have to say to them? I'd say it's going to be challenging. I mean, you know, even in my class that I was in, I think I may be the only one left out of the 10 that's still in radio. It's, it's usually about a one, 10 to 20% of the, the ones that go to school actually stay with the job, you know, 10 or 20 years later. 
So, but if you really got it in, yeah, there's still going to be room for you for sure. And I really recommend the Nate radio and television program as, uh, as the best one. Uh, my daughter graduated from the television program with no, uh, no interest in radio or television. She used it to uh, kind of offset her marketing and communications degree. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I really speak highly of that course. So that would be one to consider locally if you're listening in Edmonton. But there's probably a course wherever you, you know, you're listening. You, you need to get, get up to speed. But, but the, the good news is that the, most of the younger people are already going to have a better working knowledge of social media than an old guy like me. So you're, you're going to be halfway there. And uh, just, you know what, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a perfect example of somebody who just dreamt and, uh, and it's all come true. I've just been completely blessed. Definitely. Thank you, Chris. This has been, Thank honestly, th- this has been huge for me. Um, just because of the fact that I've listened to Kissin' for so long that I finally get to sit there and have longer than a two-minute conversation with one of yeah. the morning hosts morning hosts i can't even talk how am i able to have a goddamn podcast when i can't talk hey they say the same about me and a radio show so i mean it's possible trust me <laughs> <laughs> definitely um awesome. thank you so much um anybody wants well, to follow you on social media where can they find you they can find me everywhere. It's Chris Sheets, S-C-H-E-E-T-Z. It's spelled differently, but I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm all, all over on TikTok. <laughs> Just tr- try to keep up with everything that's happening. Justin, I really yeah. appreciate you uh, asking me to be a part of this, and I hope that I, uh, I, hope that I yeah, did you justice. You did, my friend. I love it, and I'm going to say goodbye, but before I do, I will talk to you one of these mornings. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. I'll talk to you All later. Right. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Hey, guys. It's Justin with JR Entertainment here. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a five-star rating on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. It really does help me. It helps to show me that you guys are enjoying them. And also, if you can, give me a follow on Twitter at JRE780 to give me some ideas on movies, TV shows that you guys would like me to discuss with future guests. Or also to see if I can try and get a guest that you guys suggest. Uh, You can do that on my Twitter and also follow me on Instagram which is at JR Entertainment 780. All right, guys, thank you, and I hope you really did enjoy today's episode. I'll see you guys in the next one.